This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. You and your woo woo woo. Welcome to the Woo Wooverse. It is uh, your favorite podcast about being, you know, spiritual and shit. And, uh, you know, like energy and chatting with spirit guides and a whole bunch of other stuff that your mother warned you about. I am one of your hosts. I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we are both energy workers and channels. And we're also deeply creative beings. And that's what we are here to talk about today. Creativity, connection with inspiration, channeling, expression, getting into the flow. Lynette, have you always considered yourself to be a creative person? Hmm. No. No, I didn't. I think there was a point that I thought that was something everyone else did or it was coming through everyone else. And yet when I look back, I was always creating, but Mm. I didn't actually own it as my creativity. Mm -hmm. That actually came after I really started using this gift and started channeling this gift into things. And then I realized, oh, I've been doing this forever, but I haven't had a very good mastery on it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, if I'm not creating, I'm not living. It's one of my things. Like some people need to go and run 50 kilometers and do a marathon. I'm like, yeah, not too much. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I talked to you about this where I was like, I will go to any lengths to get back to what I'm creating, my little mm-hmm. nugget, my little treasure that I'm working on. Yeah, so it's my buzz. What about you? I'm I'm the same. I really had this period in my 20s where I was like, I support other people's creativity, but I don't, I'm not creative. And I have this really clear vision, oh, it's a semi-clear vision of me, oh, it's some after party for something, talking to some musician back in my... <laughs> that doesn't sound so clear. <laughs> <laughs> back in my 20s. And who was it? Oh, anyway, asked me, oh, so do you make music? Are you creative? And I gave him the spiel about, no, I support other people's creativity. And he kind of looked at me a bit bit askew. And in him looking at me askew, I realized that actually the words that had come out of my mouth were kind of dumb. Like why had Mm. I decided that I supported other people's creativity, but I didn't have my own creativity? And I realized for the first time in that conversation, as drunk as I may have been, that actually that's not what I wanted for my life. It's so interesting. And now I consider myself to be a very creative person. I wouldn't describe myself necessarily as somebody who who makes art. I don't know how to pick up a paintbrush and draw, but I have a creative mm. life. And that's what I'm really excited about is, is making mm. a really creative life in everything I do. And you and I are taking a creative partnership at the moment. We are actively mm. creating this mm. podcast. And we were talking mm. about it before we started talking about how we get a little bit excited and we get a little bit nervous and Mm. we really feel the creative energy come in Mm. when we start to put these podcast episodes together. So I want to talk about and I want to ask you, what is creative energy? What does it mean to create? Oh, I love this question because one of my favourite people, Ayalanya Van Zandt, 
Love her. She talks about it as though, you know, God couldn't do everything. So this energy is transported through us. The It's the invisible force that becomes seen, that becomes real, mm. that becomes visible. And it's how we use that force in order to get the expression happening into this plane. Mm. And so it's this, it's kind of like birth, really. It's mm. about birthing a certain kind of shakti or energy as we've been talking about into something so that it becomes real and tangible and visible. And that's why I think it's a spiritual experience. Divine expression through human form, right? Like, Mm. yeah, yeah, it's powerful stuff. And I feel like we've always been called to do it as humans Mm. as well. It's Mm. consciousness has always sought to express ourselves Mm. from as far back as we could. We've kind of been a bit like, I'm here (laughs) and I have some thoughts and some feelings and I'd really like to share them with you. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Like the other day I was driving through the city and there's this massive space in our city at the moment. And seriously, there are seven cranes in one space that are going to build this enormous skyscraper. And I've been driving past it every day and I was looking at it and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, that's mass- That's a massive undertaking. Like how do those cranes not hit each other and how are they going to get that thing built? And all of a sudden I had this sort of divine moment where I was like, I have never thought about how one of those massive skyscrapers mm. is fully formed and how much mm. energy and effort mm. and every little screw has to be supplied for every little door. It just kind of blew my mind like that we were these little dozers that <laughs> have learned how to put things together and – we engineer and influence and we create artistry with just things, everything in this planet. And the fact that something as structured and organised as the building of a skyscraper is still a creative act, isn't it? Like there's a lot of plans, there's a lot of detail, but it's a creative expression. It is fascinating. If you step back and pull that, we're always talking about pulling the lens back and you look at every single thing, every book, every piece of clothing, Every single road that you drive on, every song that you hear, everything has come from nothing into something. And somebody did it. Somebody sat down and was like, what colour mm-hmm. is that going to be? What shape is that going to be? What's, uh, what's the rules and regulations and, and yeah. where's that going to go? Someone thought of that. And we've kind of become complacent about it and we take it for granted and you know we get it and we chuck it away and we don't like it and we we're talking about this with sort of the space clearing concept that is it something that sparks joy can you feel the value in it the value is connected to being able to see the artistry or mm. the energy that's gone into this divine creation whatever it is mm. so I, I kind of go two ways with the art that I like that I enjoy mm. I either like a like deep emotional catharsis and like, give me all of your feelings, um, and let's like be there with the painting or the or the movie or the song or whatever. Yeah. Like, give it to me. Yeah. Or I'm like minimalist, please. <laughs> I want it modernist. Yeah. I want it minimalist. I'd like a blank white canvas on a blank white wall. Thank you very much. I'm not much in the in between mm. area. It's like two ends of the spectrum. What about you? What kind of what's creativity do you enjoy? Yeah, I have to be able to feel it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm such a sensory person that I have to be able to stand in front of it and. Have, it just blows my mind. The other aspect that I love is if I can see technical detail in mm. something and watching someone master, you know, 
I remember watching the knot being done on the Chanel Number no. Five perfume on a documentary while that I was blew on a your plane. Mind. No, it the amount of training that it takes mm. to create that knot, which is very specific and very special, and has been going on for hundred hundred years or something. I was like, oh my god, that sheer mastery and. I could, I got it and I could see it and I could feel it. And if that happens, it's the technical and the sensory of that emotion that come together. I'm just like, done, done. Minimalist, not so much. (laughs) Sometimes I just want like all the expression taken out of it and just some smooth, clean lines. Yeah, that's not really me. (laughs) It feels like it's actually really important for people to create that as humans creating isn't something that only a few people should get to do or get to have or doesn't just Mm. apply to a few different people, that on some sort of soul level we're all calling out to create and to speak and to share. Mm. And it could never be more potent to talk about than this time because I have Mm. this deep sense that in order to recreate our world, we're going to have to become incredibly creative. Mm. And Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run With The Wolves, talks about the concept of creativity as being incredibly important for our soul health mm. and our, the health of our psyche around feeling our fire and our passion and learning how to find ourselves through through doing things that have creative expression. And she talks about there's nothing greater than the loss of self through creativity or passion or pleasure and that really every human adult really needs to try and find that in order to be fully realised. So she talks about it as an incredible aspect of our development and I would say as an individual and also as a collective, I imagine, Mm. as well. I really like the way Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in Big Magic Mm. as well, which is a book that really helped me get over a lot of my creative fear and blockages and and get in touch Mm. with my creative self. And she talks about creative creativity as very much being us connecting to something else Mm. that back in the day people used to think of genius as almost like the spirit in the room and then the Mm. genius would come to you and move through you and you'd make the painting Mm. or you'd write the poem or you'd sing the song and now we think of genius being a person and so we can get a little bit complicated then we get a bit maybe stuck because we've got so much of our self-worth tied up in is our art good or not Mm. am I allowed to do this Mm. do I have permission but I really like that idea of it's us tapping into energy. It's us tapping into all of these things that are bigger than ourselves Mm. and flowing them through our human form and and making them manifest. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why it fits so beautifully in our journey to talk about this now, because once you get up into that crown chakra, what happens is the energy comes down into the rest of the being, right? The Shakti forces down through the energy. And over the years of teaching this, I found that, okay, connect everyone up from the base up. Great. You become intuitive, sensory. You reach the global mind. You start to see things symbolically and from a higher perspective. But then the magic happens when it comes back down. Mm. You suddenly go, oh, I'd like to do this with that energy or I can direct it in a new way or I want to put it into things. Suddenly people become intuitively inspired. And you're right, it is connecting to that much higher magic and force, mysterious force almost, Mm. that can move us and guide us rather than us thinking it through, which I think is different. So one of my favourite stories about this idea of creativity moving through us and being divinely inspired, and I love this story and it pisses me off no end, 
all at the same time is Keith Richards, mm. who mm. used to keep a tape recorder beside his bed because sometimes he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he'd have a good idea and he'd want to like, and he'd keep his guitar there because he'd want to get the chords down or whatever. But he also used to go to bed drunk and high quite a lot. So sometimes he'd wake up in the morning and he'd be like, I don't even know what, what was that? And one morning he woke up and the tape recorder had gone all the way to the end. So he'd recorded an entire tape worth and he had no recollection of waking up in the middle of the night and recording something and he rewound it and he played it back and it was the riff from Satisfaction. <laughs> just appeared overnight and just came through him. And I'm like, like, thank you, but. <laughs> yeah, and there are so many amazing stories like that. And in fact, over the last, I think about five years as I've been channeling what I create, not just thinking what I create. I actually step back so many times and let it get messy mm. and just leave it. And then I'll come back to it and I'll come back to it. And I mean, my students and my partner have watched me do this many times where I'll go, okay, I'm thinking it's this. I just need to sit with it. I don't know. I don't know. And I'll see something like three times in the next 48 hours. And I'll go, it's that. Like it's just a bit like discovering the flamingo for us actually, mm. where, you know, how I said, oh, I got this vision and then you confirmed it. And then yeah, it yep. just starts vibing off. And, and I think that's when you know you're in that divine creative flow. It's not just, I, I really believe it's not just about sitting and forcing it through. It, it feels like there's a river trying to come through somehow. I think it also feels really good when you can let it be a collaborative act. And you don't have to take all the responsibility for this being a genius creation on yourself. You can be like, no, no, I'm working with spirit. We're in this together. Yeah. Me, God's my homie. Her and I are totally making this thing together. Yeah. And I and I accept it as it comes. And I enjoy it as it comes. And I let go of my preconceived notions of how how it should be. It's one of the things I love about creating and why it's become a bit of my thing to do. If, if all my kids are out and I'm like, oh, what can I go and create? It's because I'm not doing it on my own. Like mm. I really feel that sense of connection with that higher aspect. And it feels really lovely to be melding something together that, you know, is unfolding. It really unfolds when you use spirit, spiritual energy. It's not just stayed. And there's always a divine design in it. There's something that you just go, wow, I never understood what that entirely meant. I'll give you an example. We were laughing because I love films and metaphors and storytelling is really how I explain spiritual energy. So when I was starting to work with one of my courses, I always saw Alice going down the rabbit hole to describe moving into the intuitive world. When you and I came up with the concept, okay, it's the flamingo, the flamingo is our Patronus, I was like, oh, that's so funny. I wonder how what's going on in the woo-woo-verse relates to what's going on in my other energy and work. And then the next day, I literally pulled up a photo of Alice holding a flamingo. Oh, love it. And I was like, oh, the two worlds are absolutely connected. And that's yeah. the spirit world are always winking back in through the divine design. I got such a great wink on the flamingos as well because we did the episode where we announced that the flamingo was our Patronus and then we put it out there and we're like, guys, you are gonna, this is our sign, this is our symbol, look for it, you're going to see it. It turned mm. up for me two days later in a TV show that I'm watching called On Becoming a God in Central Florida, two dead flamingos in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, right? Maybe we were really tired. Yeah, like, but I was also like, I, would, I saw that. I definitely saw that. And that was a very creative expression of how that flamingo image was going to come back. I did not see that coming. There you go. You can't choose how the no. sign comes. No. We have this kind of funny relationship to creativity now, especially in the modern mm. work culture and modern capitalism, where there's this idea that everybody has to create their own job and then like brand themselves. Mm. And if you enjoy doing it, you've got to work your passion. Uh, your mm. passion has to become your career. So sometimes we really think of creating as a job. I'm a painter, yeah. I'm a musician, I'm a writer, and then I'm a creative. But if I'm just a person who has a regular job and has a bit of fun in creative pursuits in my spare time, oh, no, 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 I'm not really creative. But actually our ancestors created every day, like it is our birthright. They sewed their own clothes, they cooked mm. their own meals, they made their own furniture, they built their own houses, they painted their own houses. Creativity and the everyday creativity of life, that, that's who we are. Yeah. So if creativity is who we are, like if it is instinctive to us on some level, although mm. we may have lost touch with that, let's talk about mm. how we do create. Well, this is such a powerful thing to think about because it's actually intrinsically connected to being intuitive. So as I said before, when I was coming into my intuitive phase where I was starting to use my intuition as work, that's when I realized my creativity was flowing. Mm. The reason intuition and creativity link is because you need to almost go on a treasure hunt to allow the birth to happen. Mm. So you have to be able to follow the breadcrumbs and the morsels of inspiration. So you might deep dive into something. I used to therapy bands creating songs and music and albums and they go deep diving they move to a certain place to record their album or they'd like start pulling different clothes they'd get a different inspiration mm. around a sound or a or a piece of um, frequency I think you've got to start somewhere. It comes from an inspiration and it's like a bolt or a divine piece of thought or vision and you can't let it go. And then from there you have to keep opening the doors. And I always say if you can be a treasure hunter, follow the signs, the smells, the sounds, you'll get to a point where all of a sudden you can see where it comes together or you can see what's trying to happen and then you've got to become that channel to allow it mm. through. And and that's, you know, obviously the more times you do it, you get used to your process. You get yeah. – I remember watching Lady Gaga talk about it and how her creative process was quite agonising to begin with. Like she got used to it. In fact, she used to tell her parents, I'm writing the album – you know, if you don't want to see Do not me, call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to see me going to the dark place, just let me be and I will come out the other side. She got used to mm. how it used to affect her psyche and her energy to bring that and channel that through. And that's where it's interesting because it is literally like channeling or some other spiritual process. It absolutely follows the spiritual path for sure. Yeah. I would say there's definitely a spectrum as well. Like there is that big creative project coming through yeah. and there is like throwing in together an outfit in the morning mm. and just having a bit of fun with it or yeah. like doing something delicious and different with the sandwich you make yourself for lunch or like there's these tiny yes, little everything like, is an expression yeah, yeah you are. and that's it isn't it like letting yourself express yourself in any way that feels good for you and not having to have it roped off 
I'm only allowed to use paint. I'm only allowed to use a musical instrument. I'm only allowed to use a camera. Like the creativity and the expression coming through in all parts of your life. Curiosity is the key. And exploring is where it starts. And you know how you said to me, did you always think of yourself as creative? The interesting thing about that is that my dad was a really, really beautiful drawer, but wasn't his job. Mm. And so my dad's creative, but that wasn't necessarily what I saw every day. I thought everyone else that I was watching who came from creative families Mm. had this special gift that I wasn't given. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to learn how to tap back into the wonder and the magic of curiosity and we have to open those doors again. Oh, just getting the creative juices flowing. Your therapist, I'm, I'm happy that you're expressing yourself. I'm delegating creativity to creative professionals. What's the most dramatic thing you've ever done to express yourself? Shaved my head. I think. <laughs> Shaved your head? Shaved my head when I was 17 and I'd moved out of home and I'd moved to Sydney and, you know, like different times, different like, you know, I'm living out of home now, I'm doing my own thing. And I just one night I went to a friend's house and just shaved my head just without really thinking about it or just did it and loved it. Yeah, it's spontaneous mm. and it is pushing in the opposite direction sometimes Mm. from what you normally do. And just like making a statement, here's me expressing my teenage, my late teenage self. (laughs) Again, I have some feelings and I want to share them with you. And here's my shaved head. How about you? I think I was always pretty much like colourful. And then Mm. when I hit a certain age, I just went into music and into a space where everything became goth. I went. Yes. Show me those photos one day. I just decided that I wanted to express that and then headed into a bit of that goth punk kind of thing and just and everyone was like you have to wear colors yeah there were docs you have to wear (laughs) colors you have to do this and I was like no it's not in my heart at the moment like I think it was an act of rebellion but I didn't Mm. do it from that it was just I'd had enough of what I was Mm. and I had this lecturer at university he said I want everybody to do things in an opposite way. I want you to really consider that if you always turn left, you know, when you leave your house, I want you to go right. And he would deliberately ask us to shake up this Mm. vision or the way we would do things to see what else would happen or how it would disturb us because he said, you know, and it was a creative subject, you're getting too complacent. You're not Mm. looking at the world differently. You're not letting the inspiration in. And I think creating is about opening that all, all back up again. It's so true. And these are all times, what we're talking about now, these are all these times of like expression and creativity where it flowed and we were in the moment and we felt free, but it doesn't always feel like that. And a lot of us are Mm. really creatively blocked. We Mm. find it very uncomfortable to put ourselves out into the world. We worry that our art or our expression isn't good enough or we're not allowed to say it or there's nothing new left to say anyway. A lot of us are walking around with creative blockages. What is the energy of creative blockages? Well, I mean, by definition, it would be lack of play, lack of Mm, belief. I like that. You know, in that energy or frequency to be allowed to just be. What do they say? You don't, the the flower doesn't question Mm. itself. It just blooms. It just does what it's supposed to do. And we over-question Often a lack of vitality will shut creativity down and there's a very good reason for that. 
is that when that Shakti, that energy comes down through the chakras, it hits that navel chakra, which is really where we talked about life force coming in and out of our body. But underneath that point is something very special and it's called that second navel area, the Dantian point. When that is open, everything feels juicy. It's very ecstatic. If it's scarred and a little bit shut down, everything kind of looks a bit dull and we can't read and feel the pleasure on the planet. Mm. So that area really needs to be consciously awakened. So that's why playing and stimulated through music and and colour even can and uh, vitality opens it up. Exercise is good. And I think one of the consequences of art being taught at school means that a lot of us are walking around with a wound, an artistic wound, which yes. might be that we were painting the horse blue and our teacher said horses aren't blue, they're brown, do it again. Yes. Or you're not a good artist. This person here is a good artist. You're not a good artist. So you can't do the, the art class or you sung in front of everyone and you yeah. maybe flubbed it and everyone laughed at you and now you'll yeah. never sing again. And a lot of it was based on imitation. Like can you imitate can you be this person or be like this person rather than truly being given the chance to create yeah yeah exactly and like um can you fit in my bounds of what I consider to be mm. art oh no you can't okay we, we dismiss you I have a history of having karaoke parties every year and it's a little oh, bit of a, a healing um, experience it's usually around Christmas it's pretty freaking messy and I've been doing it for about 10 years now and every single time there is at least one person who comes and says look I will come but I do not sing in front of people <laughs> so I do not do karaoke I will come I will be there but I will not sing. And by the end of the night, you cannot take the microphone out of their hand because they had they <laughs> yeah. came in with the wound and then just a few drinks and a bunch of other people making idiots of themselves and the wound is gone. They've got the yeah. mic. Alanis Morissette is on. It's happening. It's beautiful to watch. <laughs> oh, I love a karaoke night. Karaoke is the best. Any culture that centres around karaoke it's the best. Culture. I went and Got stayed with a homestay family in Japan once and every Friday night out came the karaoke machine. And, and that is creativity. Out. <laughs> that is expression. That is being heard. That is emoting <laughs> together in public and feeling good about it. It's amazing. Other things that block creativity are things like mm. falling in love. You can be inspired by love. It can act like a muse. Mm. But a lot of people lose their, their mm. mojo um, when they fall in love because their energy, their life force, this is why we know it's an energy because as soon as you start giving your energy to something else, you might not have time to tend to your own creative garden. Mm. When you have children, it becomes a real choice to go, I'm going to tend to that area of my energy. Grief I would argue well. that grief um mm. grief is another one absolutely they talk about it like the soul or the animus has to wake up the the spirit the warrior spirit has to wake up in us to create and it's not just about making stuff i mean think about it creativity is also trying to make a baby or having that tantric connection with somebody and making that energy. Mm. So when we awaken this kind of like warrior-like soul part of us, it makes us hungry to create. But when that part of us is dampened or, like you said, grieving or in loss or 
uh, distracted, it really requires us to bring it back and to sort of direct it. it it's it's a funny beast, this part mm. of us. Like it's yeah. not something – you have to get to know it, I think. I don't think it just is naturally tamed. I think it's got a bit of a wild force to it, which makes it exciting. But, yeah, it could take a lifetime <laughs> get to know. Yeah, and especially if the kind of art that you want to make or the kind of creativity you want to express, you don't have role models for or you don't Mm. have a blueprint or people who are like you, you've never seen them do the kind of art or creativity that you want to do or you've been Mm. actively told people like you aren't allowed to make creativity like this or express yourself like this, That you know, because we do live in a society with a bunch of rules about what is art and what is not. Like even the fact that um, art and crafts are divided drives me fucking mental like oh the things that women traditionally did that's craft and that's just ladies business we don't put that in the museum oh but the stuff men traditionally did that's art um so there is like there is like it is this process of getting to know yourself and choosing to stand up for yourself and speak your truth and express yourself even if nobody has done it before has come before you and then on the other hand even if everybody has even if you want to make a pop album and there's so mm. many pop albums out mm. there you're allowed to make your freaking pop album girlfriend like go for it it doesn't matter that that it's been done before have you heard of sumiko iwamuro i have not she is this amazing 82 year old dumpling maker and she ran a tokyo restaurant for six decades and she decided that she wanted to be a techno DJ. So off she went and she she now spins the decks. Yep, she hits it. She takes the, I think it's the Friday night set. And yeah, and you know what? She is the perfect example of just doing it, but also having courage Mm. and stepping outside of established limitations and boundaries and concepts of, Mm. you know, probably what was expected of her, what everyone else Mm. thought, but also maybe what she even thought she was capable of doing. Like that's a whole lot of technology that she's had to learn to master that. May we all spend our 80s DJing, quite frankly. Um, (laughs) And I'd like to share a really lovely quote with you from Elizabeth Gilbert in the book Big Magic. Again, Mm. and it's about fear and the role that Mm. fear plays in the creative process. And it's like Mm. a letter that she's written to fear. Dearest fear, creativity and I are about to go on a road trip together. I understand that you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important job to do in my life and that you take your job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. And may I say, you are very good at it. So by all means, keep doing your job if you feel you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip, which is to work hard and stay focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in this vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home. (laughs) But understand this, creativity and I are the only ones who will be making any decisions along the way. You are allowed to have a seat and you are allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You are not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you are not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. Mm. And I think that like the thing I like about that is it's like not denying your fear. If you're scared of doing it, it's okay. You don't have to pretend you're not. It's a way of seeing the fear and doing it anyway. And that's what real courage actually is. Brave people don't 
not ever get scared. They do get scared, but they just go on and do it anyway. They take their fear with them rather than letting it stop them. Absolutely. One of my favourite authors is a lady called Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy and her. her name is Sark. Now, she is brilliant at describing the creative process because she didn't come at it from a conventional sense. She came at it from somebody who didn't necessarily think she was incredibly creative and then went on to create what is called Planet Sark. And she talks about the fact that fear and negativity are part of what makes a dream slow down. She talks about procrastination and perfectionism as part of that experience. She sees these little things like little obstacle gates that you've got to walk through to go, still choose the dream. I still choose creativity. Mm. You know, working through resistance and inertia, mm. the inner critic, you know, and she talks about holding grudges and how it weighs you down, like it takes you to the past and jealousy and competition. And she says, you know, you've got to retrieve yourself from these things. And she makes this amazing point, which is that the inside child needs to be retrieved in order for us to truly feel free and positive about creating and what we are going to express in the world. So if we have lived a life where we did not feel positively seen, valued, reflected energy of joy was placed upon us and that I guess you know that feeling Maya Angelou talks about where she said my grandmother's face lit up and I knew that I was special like if you didn't have that mm. feeling or you weren't celebrated or made to feel like you could make something out of nothing or you were a special creation she talks about the fact that you have to go back and heal that aspect you have to go back and say hold on a minute I am a divine creation in me is divinity and I reclaim that and from that moment on, she says, you will be able to then let that energy come through you and feel as though you have the right and you are worthy of expressing that on this planet. And I just think that is awesome and true. It's That is so special. It's like a stop right there, market stamp it. That's amazing. And you can mm. keep going. I My favourite kind of art... And actually my favourite art, art museum in the world is the Museum of Art Brut in Lausanne, Switzerland. Mm. Art Brut is outsider art. And I think the oh. thing that touches me so deeply about these artists is in their lifetime, most of them lived in social isolation or mm. poverty or neglect or with mental illness mm. or physical mm. disability. They really lived on the margins mm. of society. Their mm. art was not encouraged in, in many mm. ways. It wasn't noticed or it was repressed. They really kind of had to battle to express themselves. But in every single case, the desire to express was so strong that they overcame all of the obstacles to make really amazing art. And one of the ones I think of was this man who was very poor and mentally ill and had had all these challenges in his life. And it wasn't until he died and people went into his house because he was very socially isolated. They mm. went into his house and realised that he'd done 50,000 drawings of the same picture. And he had mm. something, it was like of a childhood trauma that mm. he needed to express. He needed to get it out in the mm. world. And hey, there was no other way for people to hear it or see it or acknowledge it. So he just went ahead and did it himself and the artwork itself it's reasonably we might think of it as something similar to a child drawing it's it's not something that maybe people would think of as like a highly technical drawing but when you see all of his drawings together the emotional impact of it is 
breathtaking. Oh, that's the essence of it all right Mm. there, isn't it? Mm. And it it is that experience of recognising that somehow we are reflecting either something internal, external, Mm. or trying to reflect that divine. And if we don't have that concept, then we kind of need to find that permission or find that connection to that part. The artists, scientists, thinkers. Experience beauty and pain and a spiritual awakening. There are plenty of people I've met who just can't even explain Mm. how they bring it through. I was saying to someone the other day, like my first pregnancy took a while for it to all come together and then bam, there were twins. There was someone else I said and they were like, oh, I didn't even think about it. It was like set and forget and it was like I was pregnant. And that is an example of, you know, different forms of energy that some take, some experiences are more arduous than others and some require patience but there is healing and learning in this journey it's not just random I don't think I think there is a fashioning that happens around the energy and the journey that's really special and we do learn from it we do evolve we do grow every time we create or birth something absolutely for sure I like that you're talking about pregnancy because pregnancy is creating something from nothing and Mm. So is creativity. So is art. It's like nothing was there and then you made the ceramic bowl and now the ceramic bowl is there or then you wrote the poem or then, you know, you painted the wall. It is manifesting, flow and manifesting coming together. I think it is one of the things that our generation is really working on mastering. It's really working on understanding how to co-create with the universe. Mm. It's... It, there is this, this seems to be this change in that experience where we don't just take it for granted. That it requires us to learn how to move with this frequency. There's this amazing documentary called From Nothing Something and it documents all these wonderful people who are talking about how they go from absolutely nothing, like where they start to right through to their final product. Fascinating. That sounds so far up my alley. Uh, It is such a great documentary. My favourite person in there is Hans Zimmer and he is such a channel. (laughs) We're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. He's in the woo-woo crew. (laughs) He's included. Whether he likes it or not. <laughs> we'll send him a jacket. But, you know, a lot of people talk about how they start ch- kind of chiseling away and they get stuck and then they just go in a new direction or they add something in. The big thing I've always taken from anyone in this field is to let yourself make the mistake, to turn it upside down, to apply something in a new way. And that is a really foreign concept. When you look at our schooling, a lot of the time, like you described before, it's like, ah, don't do that, please. You know, Mm. draw a margin, try and make it look like this. We do Mm. seek perfection and we're also used to being able to make everything we want happen Mm. very, very quickly. Whereas a lot of this process requires you to not know what's going to happen and to maybe get used to the fact that you can't get that working straight away. And 
it requires all those old school learnings like patience and nobody likes patience asking questions and nobody wants you know, patience and yeah. learning god my favorite mantra on this is sucking at something is the first step to being really good at it that's what i tell myself <laughs> through the sucking stage i'm like this is just what i have to go through to get good at it mm. i don't like it but it's, it's all right to suck i'll just suck for a bit and then hopefully i'll i'll get better I agree. And, you know, then take this and think about what it's like to then collaborate with somebody. You have to take all of that energy and then learn how to do that with somebody who might be doing it in their way. And you have to bring that together. And, and you know, that, that is like pregnancy. You, it, you do have to still make that with two lots of energies. And it, it is a fascinating thing if you've ever gone through an IVF process to watch that process from start to finish and to witness how much of that energy is happening in that Petri dish. There's still this amazing point where they don't know once you get this five-day blastocyst that might be A-grade, whatever that means, and then you put that inside the woman, there's still this moment where nobody can tell you what's going to happen. You know, they stick a little bit of embryo glue up there and they do all these fancy things. But really, it's this five-day wait, women call it. It's this unknown period. It's You just have to sit and wait and let the universe do its thing. There still is a surrender point in there somewhere. Yeah, anyone who's created a podcast or mm. a product or mm. whatever and then like been like, okay, I've done the work and now I put it out into the world and I just have to wait and see, does it go? Is it on? Does mm. it stick? Is this happening mm. or is it not? Yeah, and Carolyn Meese talks about the journey of a creative idea and how it comes down through the chakras and how much that energy has to get through to get here. So it has to run through your crown chakra, divine inspiration. Then it has to hit your mind where you receive the idea and think, oh, that's a good idea. And I've logged it and I've experienced the vision or the starting point. Then you have to bring it down to your throat chakra and you have to say, I choose to direct that into the physical world. Like, so I'm going to be willing, I'm going to, I'm going to make a choice to put it into something or try something. Then you have to really have the heart energy around it. You have to go, I feel it, I want it, I love it. Then it has to come down to the third chakra and you have to say, I have the power to do it. Now that could be money, it could be help and allies and mentors or support, or it could just be sheer will. And then the navel chakra is the whole collaborative exchange. Like this is where it gets usually very stuck and very tricky because it's based on negotiations and contracts and it has to meet through that point to actually get birthed into the physical world. And then it actually has to get into form and it has to hold. So if you think of all those steps, there's a lot of steps. And if you're working mm. with one person, you have to add their channel in. And then if it's four in a band, then all of those people have to have it happening as well. Or someone will walk out the door after the second album, which happens. Regularly. And Yeah, regularly. So it's it's this process that happens like people fall pregnant every single day but then equally people know what it's like when it doesn't happen quickly and it and you're praying that in you're thinking oh should I drink coffee shouldn't I drink coffee should I go for a walk should I not go for a walk you know we 
we really are tr- we've always been trying to work this process out like is there a magic formula and mm. really you know surfing with this flow seems to be the way to do it but there's a lot of little gates that this energy has to get through. Like I've read a lot of people with a lot of ideas and they'll often say to me, I've got this amazing idea or I came to see you and, you know, this idea and I'm like, yes, and now you have to birth it in this lifetime. Like you actually have to bring it through. There's the inspiration and then there's the perspiration, right? Like it's not enough to just have the idea. You've got to, if you want to make it manifest, yeah, you've got to do the work. Like, you, you know, joyfully you and with fear in the back of the car and creativity in the front of the car. But, yeah, you've got to do the work. And the illusion that people who we respect or hold up as in extreme value who have been creative, that they have done it easy or it's come mm. from nowhere. Or they're just born like that. Yeah, yep. is something I, I think if we actually look behind the scenes and you realise the blood, sweat and tears mm. and how long people work at something to make it great to present to you, I think we would have a whole new respect. And it's one of the things that behind the scenes documentaries have really allowed us to do, you know, like I remember seeing Peter Jackson talk about how he got the script for Lord of the Rings and it was one film and you know, he really sat down and went, no, it should be three and, (laughs) you know, it really can't be one. And, And he talked about what it was like to from the first day he received that script to the last day of shooting and oh if that man did not birth three times over mm. i don't know he mm. he went through everything to get that film into the into the world and then you know really to retell that journey i mean then i have a friend who says isn't it just a film about walking <laughs> which made me laugh I was like, oh my and god jewelry? that poor man like, come on how hard is that <laughs> yeah. but there is that experience where i think that we don't realize that every single thing has to be designed and fashioned we're amazing human being creative human beings are amazing absolutely phenomenal creative human beings are amazing and there's such a long history of human beings being creatively Mm. amazing, including in the country or especially in the country that we're from, Australia, where Australian Indigenous art is the oldest unbroken tradition of art in the world and it's 65,000 years old. Wow. Isn't that breathtaking? It is and it is so beautiful and cosmic. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And talk about channeling and spirit and connection to self and, and connection to yeah. the other side and connection to earth. Like that's mm. all in there. Yeah, yeah. magical. So there's the, 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 there's the micro art. There's a person expressing themselves. There's somebody mm. in Australia for the last 65,000 years making some art, expressing something. It's not just an individual role that it holds, though. The art that we make may be very important to us individually to express something, but it does have a role in society. It does Mm. have a macro perspective as well. So there's like art in society, art can heal, art can be a change maker, a disruptor. Oh, this is one of my favourite things. I mean, it stops me, that whole experience of bands who used to get into the psyche of the world to change our ideas about politics, artists installing things in conflict zones, those two fantastic Californian professors, Ronald Rael and Virginia Sanfratello, who placed the bright pink seesaws on the border wall at Mexico and El Paso, Texas. And you could see that 
the kids were using the seesaw even though they were on the opposite sides of the wall and it just spoke so much about how that wall was dividing us but that we really (laughs) were still very much connected by the human spirit and the concept of play. I just, it really brings something home sometimes when you can see it just so clearly like that. And and it gives us something to rally around as well. Like if somebody Mm. makes a powerful image, uh, yeah, about uh, politics or climate change or something, human rights, racism, sexism, yeah, yeah, like something that really is affecting large groups of people, it is a rallying point, right? Like it really gives us something to collect around and it gives us a symbol to hold up and say this is how we feel about this, this is what we believe or this is what gives me hope or this is where my anger is. Yeah, I see them like winks, like like connectors in humanity like it just for that moment drives us all together and says ah yes that's we forgot yes we need Mm. to remember who we are thank you for letting us remember Mm. Ai Weiwei is one of my favorite artists and he has created so many pieces where I just stand and look and think wow that just speaks to me about the human spirit and how he talks about you know people who are um, refugees he he made that fantastic film recently called Human Flow and what I loved about it was that he was walking with refugees and he shot it without a lot of conversation it was just being part of the journey where the whole group were walking and walking and walking and walking to get to this checkpoint and there's a point in the film where they actually get to the checkpoint. They have been walking for days and they get there and they're turned away. The gates have been shut, like people are getting on buses and there is no real dialogue. You just witness a whole lot of these amazingly strong people who are clearly trying to get to the best place they can with their children and all sorts of other relatives and people just seeking refuge. And they just sit in silence and quietly weep and gather themselves and get up and keep walking. It was the most poignant thing. I was weeping on the plane and I was like, this is not okay. And I was just so grateful that he travels the world trying to capture this and say to people, look, I want to put you front and centre so you understand, you know, and he's given his life, he's in exile basically to try and devote his life to changing the human psyche around political issues through his art. Phenomenal. And it might be really hard to do in any other way. Like that is the power of art and creativity that it is so expressive. If he if he wrote books about it or if he agitated for political reform, it, the message may not actually come through as clearly and as powerfully and, as, and, and touch as many people as the art that he makes does. Yeah, there, there are... You know, art has always been something that we have used to push ourselves. And if you look at history and art, the movements seesawed. So if something was really minimalist, it then went to being really ostentatious. And we kind of did this thing where we explored ourselves in spectrum and then we'd move on and we'd explore another aspect of ourselves for a while. Art is a healer. Art can heal us on an individual level. They do call it Mm. art therapy for a reason, Mm. right? Art can heal us on a society-wide level. Yeah, it can connect us. They can connect us. 
In terms of our own artistic process and how we can care for it and use mm. it to heal ourselves and find healing around mm. that, yeah. that's really important on an individual level, isn't it? Yeah, and it comes back to being able to protect yourself and your energy. Also, the understanding that a creative vision will go through like a a newborn phase, an infant phase, a toddler phase, and then it kind of gets its own legs and it kind of then can hold itself. So you've mm. got to nurture it all the way through mm. these different phases. The other thing I think is that if you see this as spiritual energy, then it needs to be somehow understood that it needs to have boundaries around it. So, mm, you know, are you going to charge for it? it? Are you going to sign a contract if somebody else is going to use it? How is the exchange if you're sharing the energy? These are very, very important things. Mm. And anyone who has been creatively violated or um, creatively taken advantage of will know exactly what I'm talking about here. And it becomes very deeply personal when you have channeled something or created something or shared something under good faith or hoping for the best. And it doesn't necessarily turn out that way. And I think this is such an interesting energy and I always think of that scene from Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. So Charlie returns the gobstopper and then Willy Wonka puts his hand over it and says, so shines a good deed in a weary world. Mm. And I always think of that when we're talking about this because so many times people have put their special thing in front of someone and thought, I think it'll be okay. I think the human understanding is generally that this will be created and protected and taken care of and you will value it and love it as much as me and understand its spiritual worth. But the truth is that's not always the case and it is very important to have honour for yourself and the energy that comes through you and the way it works and put a protection over that because more often than not, it gets very murky. People forget where the energy came from, how it came through, because it is incredibly valuable and it is very special. And there's often a tossle at that point and it can become yucky. It can become very icky and it can, I think that energy has probably stopped more wonderful things from coming into the world and more collaborations happening and being fully realized, then we would even begin to understand. So that process and that end of business is something that we as a as a creative spiritual person need to get really good at negotiating, conversing, being able to communicate and being able to pin it down and and to sign the contract and to make the agreements very, very visible because it protects everything. It protects you. It protects the other person. It also protects the creative spirit of mm, that vision, mm. basically. Yeah. So our, our creative spirit, our creativity, you've got to like nurture it and protect it and, and um, channel it and express it and, and be brave. What are our takeaways? What are our takeaways from, from the energy of creativity? Well, everything is creative. We are constantly yeah. creating yeah. and we yeah. need to 
become open to seeing life that way, that we are creating life, that we are living a creative experience. Mm -hmm. We're in divine Mm -hmm. creation. And you don't need permission. Permission granted. You've already got it. You exist. You're a human. Great. Have at it. Go create. Yeah. And it's not a competition. It's, It's that free flow of your spiritual energy into the planet and you learning to channel that and navigate it, it is part of your health system. It is part mm. of your soul psyche. It's part of remembering your wildness and who you are. Also, our society needs you. Please, oh, please yes. tell us your story. Please express yes. yourself to us. Please, we need all of your more voices than ever. to tell us. More than ever, we need everybody to lift their creative voices so desperately. This healing that needs to take place on our planet will be a creative spiritual journey. We will have to come together. We will need to work creatively and spiritually together to transcend some of the issues that we've got going on on this planet. Mm. And in that, we will find new evolutions of ourselves and each other and a whole new vision can be formed yeah. It's very, very special. It's very special. Old ideas got us into this. They're not going to get us out of it. It's new ideas. You're right. That's going to get us out of it. Our energy is sort of our dream-making power source and we use, you know, we, I think we've got to encourage everyone to use their love to create because we can use our minds, we can use other aspects of us, but really to go into that love space is where it starts to get really exciting and really juicy and it people really feel it we can really feel the difference that of something that's made with love and yeah go and use your magic love source and spread it around <laughs> not in a pornographic way um <laughs> use your magic love source well that could be creative too or whatever we like to, or what are we to judge <laughs> hey that's right we're not here to tell you to create we're just <laughs> or how to create we're here to just tell you have fun with it lynette it is so lovely creating this podcast with you i adore it ah uh, ditto i love weaving the magic with you Kiralee. Oh, so good. And if you guys are enjoying what we're doing, if you're enjoying what we've shared on creativity today, then please go and review us, rate us, review us. It'd be great if you could do it on iTunes or wherever you rate and review podcasts. Feel free to be as creative as possible with your reviews. And we are going to have a universal treasure chest on this topic. So more tools and techniques coming your way. And uh, hey, Lynette, support you. I'll support you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo-Verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo-Verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.